0: Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota today. Comprehensive Super Bowl grades on the commercials, the broadcast team, Rihanna, all the important stuff. I'm Luke Braun
1: of Locked On Vikings, and I'm very mad that my parlay didn't hit.
2: Uh, I'm Arif with uh, Pro Football Network. I'm also mad that my parlay didn't hit, and I think I've got more of a right to be mad than Luke Braun. But that's always true. My takeaway
3: from the Super Bowl is that perfection is meaningless and that you should not pursue art. Luke and men on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Guys, I didn't know you lost. I'm just genuinely curious to tally up these prop bets today. I, I have no idea who won. Let's figure that out today, guys.
0: Plenty of prop talk and more on today's post-Super Bowl edition of the Minnesota Football Party.
2: Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast.
0: Welcome in the day after the Super Bowl on the Minnesota football party. I'm Sam Ekstrom. The two Lukes are here. Arif checking in from Arizona before he gets kicked out of his Airbnb. And today we've got Super Bowl hot takes, halftime show, elaborate breakdowns. And of course, we'll tie the Vikings into it. What can they learn from this game between two heavyweights? The Chiefs are Super Bowl champions again, 38-35. This show is brought to you today by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And of course, we'll break down our FanDuel prop bets that we placed before the game. We have one winner amongst us of eight possible parlays, and uh, his name might be Luke Inman who greased us every step of this parlay <laughs> contest. Yeah. just relentless. season investigation. You, you <laughs> did
3: it to yourselves. You guys went wild. What are you doing? Uh, I'm doing two-leg parlays at plus 120. You guys are out in another stratosphere. Although, I, I, you I, I recall close. you saying
2: early in the season, Luke, go big or go home. <laughs> Luke <laughs> is it a man a of PSY principle, off. though. I got your head. Yeah. Reverse psychology. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Death by a thousand cuts. He just slow played it with little uh, plus 125 action all his way to a parlay championship. We might have to continue the parlay contest into the non-football season just because it's fun. Um, Because I love betting on some tennis a couple weeks ago. That was good too. Lockdown Sports Minnesota is available on YouTube. Subscribe there. You can find the app on Amazon Fire Stick, Roku devices as well. And we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Find our show, Ron Johnson, and the all-new Minnesota Sports Rank'em Show, a new production from Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Uh, Let's hear the hot takes. Let's go. Arif, hottest take from the Super Bowl, which you attended. How was that?
2: Oh, uh, attending was was fantastic. I enjoyed uh, my experience very much. Learned a lot about how events like these are run or mismanaged at the same time. I don't know. Um, but it was it was a ton of fun. I had an AC kind of dripping on my head uh, until I moved. That was it was a very professional experience. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't Wait, know my, well, my, what? My, you had a. <laughs> is this a, like a, a seat that ordinarily someone would have had to pay for? Actually, no. Uh, oh. This is uh, the auxiliary press box because you know, they didn't have enough space for uh, most of the press in the main press box, There's an auxiliary one. They put it in the concourse at the end of one of the end zones, uh, and so it's just a bunch of kind of makeshift bleachers, right, that they put us in. Mm. Um, so fans aren't supposed to sit there. Um, in fact, they're supposed to walk through there, which created a problem because there were a lot of fans at this particular game. Uh, and uh, the traffic jam, and there's like a ton of congestion, in part because of all the bleachers that were there, uh, which is like kind of throughout, like there's just extra Super Bowl amenities added um, to the concourses that- that narrowed all the concourses in the pursuit of making sure that um, they could extract as much value from the Super Bowl as they could. But where I was sitting, there was, actually, where I was sitting, I couldn't see the field, so I had to move back in the auxiliary press box. So I moved back, and where that was was where the, uh, the AC was above me, and it just kept splashing down, and I wasn't the only one. There was like a, like a line of people that had the AC. So I, I moved back to where I couldn't see the field because I just couldn't deal with that. And I just stood up the whole game and hoped that there was nobody behind me that needed to see the Super Bowl. Um, so, uh, my hot umbrella, take is that Ella, NFL events Ella. management is bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, gross. Okay, actually, so I do have a question instead of a hot take. Why are like there's like a solid 15% of my timeline that thinks the halftime show was bad, and like an 85% like everyone's like, ah, oh, that was awesome. It's one of the best ones ever. And like I don't, I don't. Why, why did people think it was bad? I just genuinely don't know.
1: I think people wanted a little more flash because she did, she kind of stood on the platform, she sang and she danced, and that was like there wasn't like a bunch of costume changes, a bunch of like, s- like think about like Lady Gaga's where there right, was, yeah, a was a lot more yeah, variability. She jumps to down,
3: it. yeah. The her opener is she's jumping. Okay, I don't down think she actually jumped. Video. Well, I, don't, I think know. that was pre-recorded, but yeah,
2: that's fair. Ar- <laughs> yeah.
0: Arif, Arif, you were there. How, so how high were the platforms really? Because I think the, the, the camera work made it spectacular.
2: Well, how, my, how high off are we talking? My guess that they, yeah, my guess is that the camera work made it seem... High. I, I didn't watch, you know, on TV, right? Uh, I had yeah. a TV available, but I was... I'm um, I'm guessing that the camera work made it seem higher than it was, but in the stadium, it was... But tremendously high. And what side, what
3: angle did you have? Because, you know, we're watching. I was it the Eagles' end okay, zone? on so you you the I opposite like side. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, yeah. so, do you think it was far less enjoyable for somebody on the other side if you had her back to you the entire performance? Day. They actually
2: did a pretty good job of making sure that she was they facing did. both sidelines. Yeah, okay. I, I can imagine, again, a trick of the camera is to make it seem like she's always facing one direction. But no, right. she did a pretty good job making sure that she uh, she kind of hit all four corners of the stadium. Okay. So 5%. maybe not a,
3: like a ton of bells and whistles, right, Luke? Maybe some people what? were...
2: I, I didn't mind
1: that, but that was probably what people right. did. I can, I can, what I can people, see that. Yeah.
3: there were yeah. no special guests or anything like that.
2: I guess Nate yeah. Burleson teased a special guest. It turned out to be her child. so i don't know if if many people would count that yeah it's the dopest pregnancy
1: announcement of all time right Right. what oh you sent a card to all your cousins i announced my pregnancy (laughs) at the super bowl halftime show which they watched
2: i know legendary
1: yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) she's got quite a catalog There are like 12 songs in 13 minutes because um, she did like a verse of each. That was pretty yeah. impressive. It, I thought it, it always
3: I, blows my mind going to a live show and then you just realize how some of these big name artists mm. just have banger after banger after banger. You kind of forget right. over time it gets lost a little bit. Her catalog and resume is outstanding. Hot take, Arif.
2: That wasn't, okay. I don't know, man. The, the refs were right uh, on the holding call. Uh, not only was it the correct call, they should not have swallowed the whistle. I'm glad they made that call. Because you have to be right. Um, The refs don't account for the moment. And I think that that's a good thing. Because otherwise, teams cheat at the end. Mm -hmm. That's my hot take.
3: Also, second hot take. Don't give them an excuse to
2: to call it. I looked way better yesterday, the entire day, than I do right now. These bags are in my eyes. God dang. So that's two hot takes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Braun, hottest take. I, don't, I feel like all of the takes I have on the Super Bowl are pretty common. Is it a hot take to say Jalen Hurts was the best player on the field? I don't think so, right? I mean, I wrote it, so
0: he, he yeah, was on so the, the the hot he take there is, and this is mine, which I'm stealing from Ron Johnson and I wholeheartedly agree with, Jalen Hurts should have been the MVP.
2: Oh, man, I wrote that too. Come on. Oh,
1: Can they do that? with? The, have they ever done that with a losing team?
2: Yeah, Chuck Howley, 1975, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, The only other instance of a losing team Super Bowl MVP, which I think it would have been thematically appropriate if Jalen Hurts had won it because they were honoring Chuck Halley and the rest of the 2023 Hall of Fame inductee class before the game. He was there. He was at the game.
3: It would have been really cool. And like Jalen Hurts kind of deserved it. He played outstanding. That's actually the angle I was thinking as well. Like he was just unbelievable. Some of those throws to Dallas Goddard had like three yeah. unbelievable catches there. I think all in the second half. That was incredible. Um, maybe just from a broader lens, Mahomes and Andy Reid, that quarterback coach combo. Maybe they'll go down as the greatest duo ever when this era is all said and done. Better than Brady Belichick, and and maybe that's not to say Andy Reid is is a better coach on his own versus Belichick, or Mahomes is a better quarterback right now than Brady. Obviously, Brady's got the body of work, the longevity Mahomes needs to put up. But that connection between those two, and just how they've helped each other, how they brought out the best in one another. When we get to that point, which which is a decade and a half down the road is going to be better. It's going to surpass the Brady Belichick era because, like Andy Reid mm-hmm. has always been this quarterback guru, right? Offensive genius, maybe the best ever. But like, in order to maximize all the things he was capable of as a play designer, he needed somebody to come in with these rare just abilities like Mahomes. And same thing on the other side, you got Mahomes with all these rare traits, the monster ceiling coming out. Just don't think he would have ever gotten to the place he is now without that coach, like an Andy Reid. So. Someone needed to mold him, get into the place he's at now because he wasn't a surefire number one pick. I mean, we've talked about that a lot lately. Like, he wasn't a sure thing, and not just any coach could have done the things that he's done with Patrick Mahomes like Andy Reid has, so he needed the right guy, and I just think looking back there was probably nobody better, really, of all 32 coaches at the time than Andy Reid to do it. So I think we're just so lucky as fans of the NFL and the game that we got this quarterback-coach combo like we did because Mahomes could have easily gotten drafted by the Texans or Browns or Cardinals, and it's a far Bears. from given that, mm-hmm. you know, we would have gotten the Bears. same final Bears. <laughs> the, ba- yeah. the Bears. The yeah, Bears. Yeah, I, I mean, who knows what Mahomes we would have gotten. So just as a fan of the game, I think this combo that we're seeing, this coach-quarterback combo is just unbelievable. The
0: Brady-Belichek and, and- partnership was built on cold, calculating precision. To- totally. and there wasn't a lot of yeah. joy in it. Right, it wasn't always a fun yeah. aesthetic. Famously, once well,
3: a defensive-minded coach, so that's why too, right? Like they balanced each other out perfectly. Like they needed each other, but you're right, there wasn't that marriage or connection there. And I don't even know if what I'm saying is that hot of a take, really. I mean, it sounds maybe ridiculous because Brady and Belichick have what six Super Bowls? They've been to nine. Seven. They won like 270 oh, no. games together. together. Patriots yeah. went to what nine straight yeah, AFC championships? Brady Belichick yeah. six. Okay. Okay, well, Chiefs are at yeah. five. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes went to five? AFC five. Right now, and they're not slowing yeah, down anytime soon. Uh-huh. I mean, they lost Tyreek Hill this like offseason. It. Mahomes got better. He's only been in the league since, what, 2017? He started, what, one game his first year, too? So, I mean, he's got at least 12, 15 good years in him, which is wild. He's already got two Super Bowls, two MVPs. He's maybe only going to get better somehow, too. So, Arif, your guy, Trey Wingo, last night tweeted out, Mahomes, his record went down 10 or more is 14 and 10. No other quarterback has yeah, a winning percentage a more winning 37%. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So it, <laughs> you're just watching a video game in real life with these two. Like no lead is safe and no better example than being down 10 in the Super Bowl with the busted ankle, by the way, going into halftime like we saw last night. So yeah, just hats off to them. But I truly thought Philly was the better team top to bottom going in. And more times than not, the better team usually wins at the end. But there's two X factors in football that can trump that elite quarterback play and who wins the coaching battle, who makes the second half adjustments. And that's what put the chiefs over the top last night, despite what I think. And I think a lot of people thought not having the better just team and roster top to bottom. Talking to chief players after the game,
2: a lot of people asked them, none of them local media, by the way, which I think is, is is a critical element of being able to ask this question, which is, did you feel like you were going to lose when you entered halftime down? And the reason I mentioned that no local reporters ever asked this of any players is because they know the Chiefs never feel like that, right? And uh, and the players were as- like astonished that they were even asked the question,
3: right? <laughs> <They were> like, <laughs> like it's really been a while not. since anybody's asked. us What this. do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Double digit
1: deficit at halftime—that's the normal. What?
3: <laughs> you see what we have,
2: man? <laughs> oh, you <laughs> must be new here. It. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: Lessons the Vikings can learn after I tell you to check out FanDuel. Football season's over, but NBA season is just heating up. Perfect time to jump on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, download the app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on three points made, point scorers, money lines. T-Wolves got a big, juicy money line tonight in Dallas, plus 240. It's Fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel.com slash locked on. No sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets. Make every moment more with Fanduel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Uh, So, so Bron, what can the Vikings learn from this game? Is there a lesson in all this about what it takes to win a Super Bowl?
1: Simply uh, have Patrick Mahomes and nail the draft. That's the All formula. Right. Easy. Uh, this, um. this 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 is always like so weird. When it's the Chiefs, like there's almost a nihilism to it because you will never get Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> like it's just the, the what the Chiefs have is so rare that it, it's. I am more inclined to just sit back and appreciate being able to watch it and being able to understand that bears fans are going to be hurt by it forever. And that makes me happy. That feels, um, yeah, yeah, it's great. But for the Vikings, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Just like absolutely slam dunk an entire draft and get stuck like starting production out of everyone in it. Like that doesn't just happen. That's so, not a strategy decision you can make. You just have to like slam dunk it. You're right. You're right that Mahomes
0: is an alien and fortunately not in the NFC, but isn't Hertz actually a more informative player in this discussion? Because Hertz was not necessarily ready right away. He, he, was not, he was not beloved in the draft, you know, second round pick. He had a lot of quarterbacks taken before him and he grew into this. Like he grew into what he is now, which is a crazy, insane good player. In year three, and Mahomes kind of came out of the womb ready to do this. Hertz wasn't that way, but isn't that proof that like you should be investing in that next quarterback, even if they're not immediately prepared to be Patrick Mahomes?
2: Sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, you I, take a look at. It. Sorry.
1: I, I there's not. I don't think there's like a bad time to take a quarterback, right? Like always take your swings. It's the mm-hmm. most important position. Do what you can do. You never know who's going to be the hit. Um, w- with Hertz in particular, with the Eagles in particular, they had like the most dire cap situation in the league last off season. So if there's a lesson here, it's uh, don't be too scared about it because the Eagles can figure out how to make that roster as elite as it was. Um, where the Vikings are at pales in comparison.
2: yeah we talked
0: about uh, all the free agents they brought in and and they constructed a great defense no doubt Arif
2: yeah Uh, I mean the quarterback point I think is particularly prescient because you take a look at the teams that we considered the best this year throughout the league uh, and throughout the season Uh, with exception of like the Bengals and the Bills every one of them drafted a quarterback when they had a franchise guy on the roster right like Jalen Hurts was drafted with Carson Wentz um, was just bouncing back from an MVP-type season, right? Uh, Patrick Mahomes was drafted when Alex Smith had just taken the playoffs. They got to the Pro Bowl, right? right? Like, 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 take your swings at quarterback. And like, you know, the, the greatest quarterback of the previous generation of quarterbacks, uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, drafted when Brett Favre was on the roster, right? Which is not to say that all these quarterbacks were hits, right? I mean, how many— how many Packers first and second round picks at quarterback have like failed out while they've had Rodgers and, and, and Favre, right? I mean, like, that's been fine. Brady was drafted uh, when uh, they had a Pro Bowl quarterback on the roster. Like, I, like come on. <laughs> like, just, and, and then they drafted Jimmy and Jacoby. And like, right. they, they're comfortable mm-hmm. t- making these picks knowing that like, hey, most of the time this is not going to work out. But if it does, like the, the dividends will pay us back for a decade. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think to, to Luke Braun's point about, you know, the Eagles being able to move, I'd like, I think that this is the season they paid the piper for all of that. I, there was a sense of finality, I think, with the, with the way a lot of people talked about this roster. Seven people are hitting uh, free agency while they continue to have the most dire cap situation. I think that it's just a push comes to shove situation. But I think that Luke's still right. That um, you have to be bold and aggressive. And I think in particular, you know, the Eagles did a lot in identifying talent that was being undervalued, which is not to say talent that people didn't think was good. But like literally the trade market undervalued A.J. Brown, the uh, free agency mm-hmm. market undervalued James Bradbury. Right. There's a couple of one year like Robert Quinn. Darius Slay team. goes for a
3: third round pick. Right.
2: Yeah. it, it just nuts. Right. Um, there's like seven one-year contracts on that roster, including Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Sue, who both played you know, really critical roles while Jordan Davis was out, right? Like, they, they, they acquired star players in every possible manner that you can acquire a player, and they mm-hmm. did it by getting players that were just undervalued. Like, mm-hmm. maybe you're not going to get the Arizona Cardinals DeAndre Hopkins trade available to you every offseason, season. But it's, like, not
3: insane to see the uh, the A.J. Brown trade value. You just have to find it. Luke nailed it 100%. Like, just go kill the draft and keep taking swings on quarterbacks for sure. But Howie specifically, and both teams, but Howie, like – Obsessed with the trenches, and you look at both those teams that were playing in that game last night. Their offensive lines—they're just unbelievable. Two elite offensive lines. You think about Kirk Cousins, a guy who needs that clean pocket, needs good protection up front. For two weeks, we talked about what the Eagles pass rush and how it was one of the greatest of all time. Chiefs hold him to zero sacks. Philly allows only two as well, but you look at the way they're built. Like, you got to hit on some of these guys later in the draft. Teams just don't have the luxury to use all their early picks on offensive line. Chiefs nailed Creed Humphrey with the last pick in the second round two years ago. He comes out as a rookie, makes the Pro Bowl. Then they take a swing on Trey Smith, arguably a first round talent, major knee injuries. They find a legitimate starting guard, though, in him in like the sixth or seventh round. Eagles, though, same thing. Like, you got one early draft pick who you nailed, he's a cornerstone for a decade. and Lane Johnson and then everyone else you find on day two or three Jason Kelsey obviously helps when you find a Hall of Fame center in round six 12 years ago so I don't know if it's like coaching and development I don't know if it's scouting finding these guys though and progressing them it was just obvious watching that game both these teams have built outstanding trench play specifically on the offensive line Vikings need to do the same whether it's developing these young guys they already have or keep swinging on guys in the draft. But the trench play is just so important in this league, and it's still where the game's won and lost. And then the other thing, too, running backs, do they matter? Once we get to this point, like, you should be spending your money elsewhere. Put it that way. The leading rusher from the last 15 Super Bowl winners or something, three of them of but the 15. 15- kind of a bad faith. We're getting paid more than two million dollars. Yes like nine one of was Percy the Hart,
2: another one was Debo Samuel.
3: Was kind of a bad faith <laughs> chart, I'm gonna be honest. Was it okay? Well, I just saw like yeah, nine of the 14, they're like, they're like
2: the base three receivers on the chair.
3: <laughs> nine of the 14. Well, even if you take those two out. Nine of the 14 yeah. base you know, right. salary was and, less and, than a million. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, who are we talking about? We're talking the, about yeah, the Kenneth is Gainwell, not. Isaiah Pacheco, Jerick Kenneth, McKinnon, is, yeah. Miles Sanders. Yeah. Like, draft one every year, ride him out for four years, and then do it again. Those are two things. The final thing, Luke nailed it. You got to keep taking swings on quarterbacks with high-end traits, though, too. Like, there's two sides of the coin. Maybe some devil's advocate will say, well, if we can just get a really solid quarterback, just good quarterback play and build a great team around them, maybe that can get us there, and maybe it can. But when you get down to these playoffs, and every team is so good, the elite quarterbacks are almost always the last one standing. You know, you talk about building a great offensive line. Having athletic, mobile quarterbacks, too, can mask a lot of those issues up front make those guys look a lot better than they are so I just think in this you know kind of new era this new league pass happy league everyone's a shootout try to score 35 40 points you got to keep trying to find those high upside quarterbacks with the traits the mobility hope your coaching staff can develop them while you're paying them cheap rookie money and just build that all-star team around them but I think it yeah quarterback and the trenches first and foremost and then I don't know if you should be paying running backs big money. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Have you guys ever discussed that on the show or Has not? Has ever been but... said?
1: Is that, a, <laughs> is that a take that anybody's ever?
2: I'd tell you a novel new concept around these parts, I yeah. think. Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, Mike Zimmer said to establish the run. I'm still floating on <laughs> that ideology. That. Oh, these
2: teams yeah. established the run, Val. They established yeah. the Miles run. Sanders, yep. 7 yeah. for
0: 16. Kenneth Gainwell, 7 for 21. Boston Scott, 3 for 8.
1: Oof. That's right. I think the way to establish a run yeah. game if we want to learn something from the Eagles is that it's not the the days of the bell cow. I mean, the days of the bell cow running back the Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. the Deanie and Tomlinson. That's a pretty old thing. And like we've all noticed, it's there's a lot of teams with running back by committee making it to the big dance and that's going to be cheaper and, you know, it keeps guys fresher and that's probably a better way to go. But also in addition to having a lot of people like it, it's not about, you know, I'm going to have one guy. I'm going to pay him a lot. It needs to be. I have three guys. They can all play and they can all be part of, you know, the Vikings didn't have faith that Kenny Wongu could get in. That He b- barely played. He got in a couple times Stupid. when the backups were in. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So not having that versatility and not having the versatility in that run game, the Eagles had option plays. They had zone, regular zone runs. They had power encounters. Like they had everything in their toolbox to make that run game work and it led to games like the the NFC Championship, the San Francisco game. They ran all over him and Jalen Hurts was not throwing his best ball and it didn't matter because they could run for eight yards of pop and run it all the way down the field. Um, I think if there's a lesson to learn there, it's if you do want to run game that does matter, that does actually help you win games, I think multiplicity needs to be an important part of it.
3: Enormous. Yeah, Debo Samuel's not on this list. I, I don't see Debo, all right? I see Percy. I don't see Debo, all right? They're all running backs. Luke Inman Luke, had the stats and didn't, didn't have. Why are you
2: defending it? Uh,
0: let's,
3: <laughs> let's do more nerdy stats.
0: Uh, nerdy stat of the Super Bowl after I describe the wonderful Built Bars. A delicious treat without the fat and calories. Try Built Bar and their outstanding 100% real chocolate flavors. Peanut butter brownie brownie batter. You can get them at your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club. Just go to the pharmacy section, get the four-bar box, or stock up with a 13-bar box. They're super good and super healthy for you on only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. I don't know how they do it, but they do it every time. They nail it with these new great flavors and new ways to pick up Built Bars. Walmart, Sam's Club, or of course, the usual Built.com. Nerdy stat of the Super Bowl.
3: Analytics fans rejoice.
0: It's time to get educated.
3: You're blowing my mind right
0: now. With the nerdy
3: stat of the day.
0: Uh, Arif, you're going to get kicked out of your your VRBO Airbnb spot here in about four minutes, so why don't you go first?
2: Yeah, sure. In the second half, the Chiefs had available to them 230 potential offensive yards to gain. The only reason they did not gain 230 is because Jared McKinnon slid at the two-yard line, one of the smartest moves, I've ever seen in the Super Bowl, but it does mean they did not get the rare 100% achievement that I don't think I've ever seen. In a game. That's insane.
1: That so, is four incredible. drives, three touchdowns, and
2: game-winning, uh,
1: an intentional slide, and, and the, the game-winning. Game
2: <laughs> yeah, and inten- Yeah, and, and, and like kneels back. So, so I would argue that they gained 230 yards out of 230 possible yards, but officially they gained like 231 because they kneeled back um off of that slide but yeah i
3: that's what in the world man yeah that is. against that defense Wait. man like like just to end yeah. up in the green in every metric pretty much in the second half oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's, as it's, a whole even with the slow defense. first start andy reed again just second half adjustments yeah. unbelievable how about those two touchdowns the play call, the play design, yeah, fake oh wide receiver God. direction in motion, and then right, you're getting to the defender flowing yep. that way pre-snap, then hike it. I think it, I think it was same Scott guy, Moore and Tony. Screw Cut it back the opposite right? direction. Wide open. Unbelievable.
0: Greatest second half in yeah. recorded um, I don't, I don't remember history. It this... Barnwell, and Barnwell had the stat that a reef yeah. had. It was 93.8% um, success rate in converting a first down into another first down or a touchdown. 93.8 drive
2: success rate. That is crazy. I've never heard of that, uh, but yeah, like uh, Eagles' number one pass defense in the NFL did not matter. Evidently, uh, Eric Bieniemy plucked that play from. you talking about the fake motion. Um, plucked that play from the Jaguars game against their Jaguars. That's right. Jaguars. Yeah, game Doug against Peterson. the Eagles. Um, like what like, week four or something crazy? Like that. Yeah, yeah. At which like that's you know also appropriate in its own way right um they they did change some things one of those plays was an RPO, another play, uh, was was set out a little bit wider, and uh, the fake motion was shorter in both instances. And in both instances, they were able to hide the motion a little bit behind another eligible receiver. So there are some differences, but they knew what the rules were. Travis Kelsey said this after the game, too. They knew what the rules were for that Eagles defense when it came to following motions. Uh, and so they knew that that would be available to them for both Kadarius, Tony, and Sky Moore, which, like, man, at the beginning, or I'd say the quarter poll of the season, both of those players were in hell right they were not having a good time no one believed in them they were making mistake after mistake and here they get some of the the go-ahead scores right like just incredible
1: brawn i have uh yeah mine can kind of help um explain some of that dominance in the second half um so per next gen stats pat mahomes was pressured On 25.9% of his dropbacks. uh, One of the worst pressure performances the Eagles put out all year. And one of the biggest reasons for that was that Mahomes got the ball out in under 2.5 seconds, 56% of the time, uh, which was their sixth highest on the season. And that was from uh, Ben Salak, put that out. So, the Chiefs managed to neutralize a pass rush by getting the ball out quickly. As Vikings fans, we are familiar with this. Uh, but that, that'll that do it against a, a front seven that was playing as well as the Eagles were playing all, all year. With Mahomes hobbled, um, that was huge. And I think that's really where the Eagles lost the game was the inability to keep the quick game from being a viable option for the Chiefs, because if they can just get the ball out, dump it off, which is what they, you know, where they were at their best all season was when they could dump it off to dynamic players underneath uh, and set up after catch opportunities. Um, yeah, the Eagles couldn't stop that. Couldn't get it together on those uh, two touchdowns. A mentioned like. Yeah, get the ball out quick and the uh, scary front four doesn't matter anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no and, and just to on add hobble to that, just crazy, uh, unbelievable. Uh, just to add to that, really, like those motions were obviously important because they led to scores. But the most effective plays the Chiefs had all game all came off of some uh, form of backfield motion, like Kelsey getting open, wide open over the middle of the field. T.J. Edwards dancing and spinning and pirouetting. A lot of that has to do with dual motions uh, coming out of the backfield. I mean, they knew exactly how to screw up those linebackers' eyes, uh, and they did it again and again and again.
0: Arif, you rolling? You got to go? You got to come home? Got to fly out? Yep.
2: Yeah. We'll see we'll you all in Minneapolis, I guess. I don't know. It's not the rest of you.
3: <laughs> Bye. We Later, bro. Safe-,
0: safe travels. And that leaves three. Uh, my nerdy stat of the day, then we'll get to Inman's. Rushing in the second half. Kansas City, 17 rushes, 126 yards, and they added 37 percentage points of win expectancy with their runs. Only four times in Andy Reid's coaching career has his team done that on the ground in the second half of the game. Usually he passes to catch up in a game. In this game, they they legitimately ran their way back into that football game and won the Super Bowl. thought that was pretty interesting and much needed because Patrick Mahomes didn't have to put himself at risk as much. Now, he did run the ball himself some of those times, and that did put himself at risk but he didn't have to drop back quite as much against a pass rush that was actually getting pressure.
3: That was absolutely huge for them not to get home despite actually having those quarterback pressures all game. It's going to kind of echo what Arif and Luke already touched on, but they probably did it better than I could. But just the Chiefs, even after the slow start on offense, just in the green and almost every metric against just that daunting Eagles defense. That was just so much different than what we expected going in, rushing, passing EPA, early downs, late downs, just didn't matter. Chiefs offense in that second half specifically was unstoppable. And to do it against that defense that we kind of all just kind of put on this pedestal for two weeks, just speaks volumes. Mahomes and Andy Reid, just unbelievable job in the second half with those adjustments. Incredible.
0: Let's rank some stuff, guys. Uh, Some of the fun stuff of the Super Bowl. Uh, we lost to Reefs. We well, we did we did get a Reefs take on the halftime show. Uh one through ten. Let's give it a ranking. Use decimal po- uh points for, you know, specificity. Halftime show. Great. Uh Inman, what are you giving it and why?
3: I go uh s- solid. Felt like some, maybe some obvious lip syncing right away, but man, Rihanna, she's just such a bad chick, dude. She's incredible. Wasn't like my favorite ever, didn't blow me out of the water, but still way better than most we've seen the last 10, 15 years. So 7.2, just rock solid. Yeah, I'm in the same range.
1: I'll give it a 6.8, but you know what? I'm going to give it an extra point because she did the Super Bowl halftime show while pregnant. Yeah, unbelievable. That's insane, so I'll give it a 7.8.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm up there too. How about an 8.1? I thought it was dynamic. I thought that she really stood out. It was all about her. She didn't need the crutch of having a guest performer. Yes, she lip synced It sounded like great. It sounded just like the album. Like that's how you knew that it was a, a lip-sync a lot of the time because it sounded exactly the way it did on the radio, but yeah, a little, when, a little too
1: polished. <laughs> yeah,
0: a little too good. It's like, yeah, you're not hitting that note with these acoustics. No way. Um, Why aren't
1: you breathing so much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But no, I thought I thought the 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 backup dancers I thought were kind of like a cool like wave like people were doing like the white blood cell memes um on Twitter. I thought that was kind of fun. Um <laughs> uh, but just also like when you're kind of our age, you've grown up like high school, college, you know, in your your 20s hearing all those songs like over the years. So just a lot of familiarity. I loved it. I thought it was great um also you know i'm not i'm not grading on whether i'd want my like nine-year-old to watch it that wasn't part of my equation i don't know if i would want that but um the uh how about the commercials what'd you make of those i had to go back and watch most of them because i didn't catch a lot of them like during the game so i you it loses a little luster when you're trying to like watch like on your phone and you're not really laughing that hard there's not a communal experience but um from what i saw i think the commercials were about a 7 7.1
3: you guys have any other opinions on that it's the old don't hype it up too much because then you're going to be disappointed that was me with commercial super bowl commercials the last like Felt like three, four years. Uh, I just felt like the next day I was just kind of disappointed. Maybe after that, I kind of set the bar a little bit lower. I was pretty impressed. I'd give it like a 8.3, 8.4. Uh, hmm. I mean, call me old fashioned. I'm I'm just a sucker for a talking baby in an E-Trade commercial. All right. Always kills me. Uh, the Dave Grohl Canadian Royal was great. J-Lo and Ben Affleck Dunkin' Donuts. That was good for a chuckle. Few car commercials in there that I thought were pretty solid. The one I laughed at the most, Bradley Cooper and his mom in the T-Mobile commercial when they're just dying laughing at each other. You know how when you you watch someone else genuinely like belly laughing, it always makes you start laughing. That one just had me rolling. And then they came back, T-Mobile did, with Zach Braff and John Travolta, I think it was later. I didn't watch them all, but just the ones that I did sit down and tune into, I thought were really good. I was impressed. The Pepsi commercials with Ben Stiller, Steve Martin, I thought those were decent, but mm-hmm. um, I know I missed a good dang. handful or two.
1: Ron? I think I missed every single one. Oh, that dang. That he mentioned that he liked. <laughs> Dang. I think I caught like two commercials that I actually like. So I didn't like them at all. But I also, I mean, I had, I had like 12 people over. So we it's tough. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We were ch- chatting and stuff. So I didn't see it much of it. So a very limited skewed perspective. But of the ones I did see, I i don't know. I, I don't feel like they had the creativity things used to have, you know. its so it's either like the something tried and true. Like, oh, like a baby in an E-Trade commercial. I'll just do that again. <laughs> uh it kills me i was particularly annoyed by m&ms what was all this about like oh they're back they didn't even do it the maya rudolph thing for a while they like made a huge thing of it and then they were like no we're not gonna i think
0: what? i think it was a commentary it was a commentary on cancel culture to That's say an insanely
1: like, annoying commentary <laughs> <laughs> shut up m&ms nobody M&Ms wants to hear there. that from you that's not what we're here for. Just sell chocolate candies and shut the hell up. Uh, <laughs> I'm giving it a two. I didn't like the commercials, but I I caveat that with maybe I just didn't see the, one, the right one. Two, the number of commercials you watched, right? The, the number of commercials I liked.
3: Honestly, that was me the last like three years in a row coming out. I, I just was so unimpressed. So maybe I set the bar so low. Anything just somewhat creative would have entertained me. But I got to sit down and watch uh, some of the best ones that I missed.
0: Well, unfortunately, the best commercial from last year, which I thought was one of the best in a while, was Larry David doing FTX, so which good. is bank like oh. bankrupt. <laughs> so which good. is done for. <laughs> that yeah, that's no a... crypto
1: commercials. What happened?
0: No, <laughs> right? no, The budgets are dried up for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, that's hilarious. That's funny. Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, first Super Bowl broadcast together. What'd you think? One through 10. I I have to legit abstain from this one. I did not hear a word they said the whole game.
3: (laughs) I'm loving Greg Olson this year, plain and simple. Like, I can't wait to just watch him keep getting more comfortable back there. And then the thought of, oh, my God, him and Brady teaming up if that happens. Like, I hope all that works out. I hope there's not too many cooks in the kitchen if that's the route they decide to go. But I know you and I were talking about this yesterday, Sam. Like, I'm a big team CBS guy over Fox. I think just from a production value standpoint, Fox – it's a little too cheesy for me. Almost kind of cheap at times. They've got better broadcasters and announcers, I think, top to bottom. But all of a sudden, between Olson, Burkhart, who I thought was solid last night as well, and now Brady coming in, plus you got people like Aaron Andrews, etc. I think they're closing the gap quickly on CBS moving forward. That take team last night, I would give it a eight point one. I-, I was pretty impressed. Mm-hmm.
0: I-, I thought it was an eight point five announcers along with production. Mm -hmm. I thought the replays were good. I thought Gene Steratore was informative. I thought that Greg Olson was just on top of everything he needed to be. And honestly, I don't know how you guys feel about, about the way Romo's going. I've always thought Nance slightly overrated and mainly because they make the moment about them. Nance doesn't lay out ever. And Romo is even worse. And Burkhard and Olsen just hit all the right notes. I think that they could like quickly become one of the most popular group because Al Michaels is drying up with Amazon. Mike Tarico is always going to be like right in that like professional solid range. I don't know if people give him like props as the number one, but Burkhard and Olsen, man. I mean, that's a, that's such a good duo that Fox might be regretting. Like bringing Brady in like, this is the Rudy Gobert trade. The, the the Timberwolves are saying, <laughs> "Oh, we we could have had Walker Kessler for cheap,
1: and then we went and we we got Gobert." Oh, oh! Basketball lions at it again.
0: Um. So it sounds like Bron, you didn't really see anything, but post game, no, post game, I was I just wanted to rip Fox a little bit. So this is why they weren't like a ten out of ten. You have Aaron Andrews and Tom Rinaldi roaming the sidelines. Their voices work, and they have microphones and you choose to put Terry Bradshaw on the stage as your interviewer. Why? <laughs> you have the best interviewers in TV, and you're giving Terry Bradshaw the mic.
3: What? That's Fox, man. That's This is what I'm saying about Fox. Missed opportunities left and right. So real quick, though, and I agree with you, Sam. So they're signing Brady. They're bringing him in. Are they yeah. going to do a three-man tag team? Is it going to be... good? Those two plus Brady? Or is he going to have his own new play-by-play guy? It is that's, heading that's that so, way.
1: That'd be so weird for Greg Olson. Be like, ah, I got a really good point to make, but I don't know if I want to step on Tom Brady.
3: <laughs> right. But now I'm Fox. second-guessing myself because Fox Fox goodness, Tom Brady is wrong. Right um, Buck, so
0: this Collinsworth used to be Fox. I uh, used to be Buck, Collinsworth, and uh, Aik Was Aikman? I think it was a three-man booth. Yeah, Buck, with those-
1: Joe Buck and Joe Collinsworth was the uh, disgusting act game.
0: Just exactly, I was just gonna, I was just gonna cite that. Yeah. Um, so I think there's precedent for it. I think it could be very dicey because Monday Night Football tried this with, um, you mm-hmm. know, Levy and Riddick and Jaws, and it didn't go well. Right. It didn't go well. However, I think Burkhardt is better. I think that Olson is better than anyone in that booth, and I think Brady could be the wild card. But yeah, there is a, a really. Really interesting dynamic that happens when you introduce a third. Um yep. I would I would like him to stay away from it, but I could see their hands being tied because Olsen is so good. Yeah. And I don't I, wanna I don't want to because what do you do? You demote Daryl Johnston from the number two team. Johnston and Davis are just getting their stride. They're actually blossoming into a really nice crew. I don't think you want to interrupt that either. So you can't put Olsen with are you gonna put him in the Jonathan Vilma chair with Kenny Albert? No. Are you gonna put him oh, with that'd Chris be pretty Myers? good, though.
1: Like it would suck to be doubt to say, oh, you're in the C team, but that'd be a pretty good duo. And then we don't have to listen to Jonathan Vilma anymore.
0: Well, yeah, he would make he would make whatever duo it was better. He would just be super overqualified to do the Panthers and the Lions in week thirteen. It's a good
1: problem to have. They're stacked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. CBS Joe still has
1: Hoop, depth.
3: You're not an Aikman guy. I am hey, not an Aikman guy. Hey, who I, won I, that, uh, his words are old. Who won that Super Bowl uh, draft that we had? By the way, let's look.
0: We drafted the best Super Bowl games of all time. We added in our favorite broadcast team, our favorite halftime show, blind vote, which ended when the Super Bowl began. The winner of the contest, as I opened it up on Twitter dot com, team one. Who was that? that <laughs> Inman. Inman had Prince.
3: Prince, had number one overall, baby.
1: We, we, we all knew. <laughs>
3: Carried <me>. Yep. Sometimes <laughs> Nothing you get else the, mattered. Sometimes you go into some of these drafts. Doesn't happen all the time, but once in a while, there's just an obvious number one overall pick that yeah. just kind of carries you. It's like and,
1: 1998. Everybody had a great time, but yeah. the Colts got Peyton Manning.
3: That's and right. At, as I predicted, my Buck Aikman choice Tank killed you. I got. I got last. And that's crazy because your first two picks, coming with the snake, coming back at four and five, were unbelievable. Uh, you got twenty-eight to three, Patriots yep. over the Falcons, and then uh, what? Patriots over Rams. Patriots, Rams. Brady's yeah. first, and then I got I mean, the
0: blackout Super Bowl I, I loved my. Dude, yeah, choices you got a great games. roster.
3: Yeah, people just hate that Joe Buck pick. They just do. Yeah,
0: Braun. You got third. Arif got second. All right. Um, speaking of, uh, not. Or not? Yeah. Speaking of contests, we had our parlays, and uh, we each had two on the Super Bowl. Luke, you hit, (sighs) you hit yours, and it wasn't that hard. You hit it in the first half, easy win.
3: Hertz was looking like Daniel Jones versus the Vikings defense out there in that first half. That was easy money, man.
0: Bron, you and I needed an Eagles win. Bron, you needed just any kind of Eagles win. I needed Eagles by ten, and we both would have hit. Ours, uh, mine was plus 828, yours was 451. But the real the real bad beat here, Arif Hassan, who hit A.J. Brown over five and a half receptions, who hit Hurts 225 passing yards, who hit Miles Sanders under 61 and a half rushing yards, who hit Eagles second quarter winner, who needed only a Kenneth Gainwell anytime touchdown and who scored the first touchdown of the game he only to it. have it overturned, but Kenneth Gainwell at plus sixty-five thirty.
3: A reef oh. Yeah, just the fashion to to hit all those other legs on there. And then he actually does score, but then to have it come back. Oh yeah. so brutal. In real you imagine money, if that was a real bet. Can you imagine 30, if somebody 32000
0: dollars, yeah, thirty-two grand oh, for a five hundred dollar oh, bet. That's wow. and it was the
1: right call too. like, yeah, it, it was. wasn't like a bad call. Yeah. Just, yep. just that close.
0: Yep. Uh- so what do you think holds Fox back? I I'm nerding out on all the broadcast elements here. What holds Fox back is Fox from home? having that goal line cam every, oh. every broadcast because the goal line don't cam, they? don't they not the one not. So like the broadcast cam as the play is happening right down the line. Are, you're the talking about the live is... angle. Live angle Got it. broadcast version as the play is happening, not a replay. They're just, do they right not slide the it down?
1: Line. Do they, they, they just do, don't they, slide it
0: down that far every time they, they don't No, only for the Super Bowl. Don't
1: I, I mean, I would imagine it's harder to set that up to like get the range on it. It's harder to set up and maybe that's just a more expensive thing to do. That's only worth it for mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but I don't know. That doesn't seem like it's that much harder. Like it's no, just extra not at track, all,
3: right? Not like, at all. Yeah, maybe Tom Brady here's thirty
0: seven and a half million dollars a year. Oh, we can't spend the extra five grand to do this camera. Hey, we can
3: spend. I mean, they can't get a
1: good bit rate either. Like this is a bit a problem on a lot of things. Fox has (laughs) somebody was telling me uh, at at the party, and 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 we saw it all day. They have the worst bit rate in all of sports broadcasting. For those who don't know, the bit rate is like how much information each pixel contains. And if you want to see what it looks like when the bit rate chunks out. I think you can see it if anyone was streaming it on a smart TV or online. um, You could see around the score bug, you'll see like weird pixelation and artifacts and stuff. Only Fox deals with that. And that is relative to something like paying Tom Brady or relative to some of the money that Fox throws around uh, should be a much easier thing to fix. And it's sort of. The, there's your 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 big broadcast sin but i i hope we can look forward yeah. to that new angle then because that that did feel really seamless i didn't even notice it until you pointed it out
3: that yeah. bit rate is just one more reason why i i just always just prefer cbs over fox just just again when i just say of a little cheesy little cheaper little dumbed down versions of everything compared to when you watch cbs that's a perfect example of why that the fox rate. music though to me will always be superior
0: Okay, that's fair. So so good. That's football. Uh, Let's end the show with this.
3: It's time to tell you who spilled their proverbial drink on the sofa. Get ready for this week's party foul.
0: Eagles bungled the final play. They had six seconds. And the ball at the 36. So, 10 yards. Dylan
1: Hurts stepped on Jason Kelsey's foot.
0: That's what happened. Okay, but he also stepped up confidently from the 30 oh, yeah. yard. He line. He did not as have if, to step on Jason Kelsey's foot as yeah, if he was, was going was to throw game. a 70 yard ball. That, that to me didn't make any sense. They had six seconds and probably playing like the most
3: preventive defenses. Um, Get 15 yards first and then try it. Well, the problem was it, it was the clock was at four seconds for so long. I think the play was already in. And then they added those two uh-huh. seconds. It seems so late that I don't think they realized they had an extra two seconds. Had they known then? Yeah, absolutely. No excuse. Like you got to run, you know, try to get 12, 15 yards in four or five seconds and get out of bounds, then throw your Hail Mary. But I'm with you, Sam. Yeah. What are you doing? That, that last play, uh, what a letdown. Yeah. at least it just has a fan who's really got no skin in the game you just want a chance there at the end mm-hmm. party fouls sodgate erroneous yeah. inexcusable mm-hmm. give me eight hundred thousand next time i'll take care of it i'll do a better job than what you put out there last night that was atrocious it's the super bowl man what are we doing Unbelievable. Okay, that one's kind of an obvious one. I know everybody's kind of griping about that today. How about the confusion about the Gatorade bath and which color it was? Like they cut to the shot of Andy (laughs) Reid on the sideline. He's already (laughs) dripping in liquid, but you can't make it out at home. Like what color is that? And we're all thinking it. You know people got money riding on the Gatorade color prop bed out there. There's mass hysteria, confusion, because you know somebody in the TV control room was a half second late switching it over to the sideline shot. And after all that, by the way, It turns out it was purple, huge underdog, 10 to one. That was the long shot. Huge underdog. Why was that?
1: Uh, Mine goes to Eagles fans as a whole and their Rocky statue false flag operation. Nobody believed it the third time around. And the fourth time around, it was just ridiculous. It was one thing, you know, the Vikings in the NFC championship. Somebody put the towel on the Rocky statue. They got all mad about it. All right, sure. That's it. You got your blow. You can say whatever you want. Uh, I think a, a Giants fan put a Daniel Jones jersey on it and then they got blown out. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a thing now. And then before the 49ers game, it was like this this ripped up T-shirt with like Sharpie and it just felt like the fakest thing in the world. Mm. And there's no 49ers fans in the picture. There's no evidence that, they're, that this was a 49 49- It felt like an Eagles fan making it up to have something to be mad about. And then uh, there was a Chiefs one on the Rocky statue that felt just as fake so i don't buy i need evidence that that was a chief slash 49ers fan and now that the eagles lost all of the vinegar has been taken out of that also it is a statue of a fictional character it would be one thing if that were a statue of some revered member of philadelphia history a founding father or something like that somebody who uh you know an abolitionist or somebody that we could really honor nope that's a fictional character played by a dude that we probably shouldn't have a statue of also. So maybe chill out about the Rocky statue. That's a movie.
0: Can we get a statue of ASAP Rocky next to him? I think that like needs to Meek be the Mill. next one.
1: Get a statue of Meek Mill. I would have more respect for it than a statue of Rock Because at least that's a real person who exists in the real world. Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, Philadelphia guy. Come on now. There's a lot of murals up around LA of Kobe Bryant.
0: Oh, I, I, we lost you. You had a good, see a salient point about Kobe Bryant. And we missed it.
1: Oh, it's, There's a, there's a lot of murals up around L.A. of Kobe Bryant.
0: Yeah, to be expected. That's uh, that makes sense. Uh, so that was a good show. Um, Super Bowl in the book, in the rearview mirror, in the books, and we press on. Free agency previews. The next few shows, we got a month until free agency hits. We're going to go position by position, find our targets. Who are the Vikings going to add? Who are they going to subtract? Um, who are we going to have crushes on and then not get on the Vikings roster? All of that to come. Uh, make sure to subscribe on YouTube, Locked on Sports Minnesota, and find us wherever you get your podcasts. For Luke Braun, for Luke Inman, and Hassan as well. I'm Sam Ekstrom. It's the Minnesota Football Party on Locked on Sports Minnesota.